Hi, I'm Steve Acuna, your host of the 30-Minute Sage, your source of practical advice to move forward through corporate and life changes. I come to you as a certified professional in change management and life coaching with over 25 years of boots on the ground and leadership experience that spans five corporate industries. This podcast explores the challenges of leading corporate teams through change with the audacious goal to apply techniques and wisdoms that go well beyond the workplace and into daily life. Along the way, I will share my successes and failures, my learnings and my truths as I continue to transcend corporate life and apply my personal mission to raise consciousness that activates the power of our human community. Welcome to the 30-Minute Sage. Now let's get started. Welcome to episode one, My Awakening, Hardship is My Teacher, and Life Mission. Hey, before we get into the content, let's talk about the format of the podcast. First off, the podcast is casual and will sound more like a conversation, which cuts down on heavy production and helps me focus on sharing and content. In addition, it isn't going to be a lecture-type series. I will share my life stories that are based on practical application and lessons learned, and then you can determine what makes sense for your situation. I call it finding your inner sage. Also, I will share a takeaway for each segment so you have something you can reflect on afterwards. Please don't forget to send comments, hit the like button, and share it with others to help promote the podcast. Finally, the podcast is not therapy. Change management can be emotionally charged, and if you're not emotionally okay, please seek the professional assistance you need. Professional therapy has helped me and my family through tough times, so remember, it's okay to not be okay. You know, when I was younger and starting out in in business, it was really about just getting the work done. It was about moving quick. It was about actually moving quicker than other people uh, that I was competing with, um, doing more, doing it faster, uh, doing it better, higher quality, all of that. It was, it was all just about proving myself, you know, and a lot of, a lot of the work that I did was, uh, I thought was really really good work. You know, I, I thought it was, uh, for what I knew and how I was developing, I thought that it was good. I'm proud of it. I can look back and, and say, Hey, yeah, I got some good stories from that and some good lessons and, and it helped me to, to develop. Um, but it was really, uh, self-motivated for just kind of getting myself in my career and starting. And, and that was, uh, that was really a lot of it. You know, I, uh, newly married and, uh, feeling as though, uh, you know, a lot of pressure was on me as an individual to help us succeed, uh, in our careers and, uh, with my wife. And, and it was, uh, it was a challenging time. I wanted to break away. I didn't want to, want to have to rely on family for anything, those types of things. So it was really pretty myopic. I mean, I was just really focused on getting stuff done and just banging out the work and, you know, things, things that actually were, uh, challenging, like, like resistance management, like when things like I was, I was expecting a project to, to re- be released. And this was the way it was expected that folks would behave and do things. All of that didn't happen that way. And it was very frustrating. And in many times it was more, you know, trying to just get it, get it through the system, get it, get it, Im- get the improvements done, get the, get the project, uh, deployed, focus on pushing things out and, uh, being done with it to move on to the next. And that was a lot of my earlier years. And I was kind of brought up in that space. So change management slow, you know, completely slow. I didn't, I don't want to take the time to think about, you know, the folks, the people that are impacted by change. I mean, they, that's their job, right? I mean, that was the kind of mentality I had in those earlier days because I was really focused on making sure that I was 
top notch in my performance and wanted to get that, wanted to get that bonus, you know, wanted to get that, uh, that promotion, whatever it was I was shooting for. It was always a target, right? And so what, what I started to realize though, is that, you know, over time that, uh, that the output of the work wasn't really effective. It was, it was compounding a lot of additional work because projects would get done and released and they would have problems and people would be resisting those changes to processes or expectations or, or even policy sometimes, you know, because it was, they weren't ready for it. And as a result of that, you know, we had kind of this remedial work that was constantly happening with these projects. And we, we never quite got done fixing things, uh, because they were always in that state. And, and so it started to dawn on me, uh, that I had to really think about the people side of things and start to understand a little bit more about the behavior of how people operate. And, you know, the, the sad thing about it is, you know, my very first job, I worked for an industrial psychologist and we talked about the people side of things. We talked about the behavior side of things, but when I got into the corporate world, that was in consulting, you know, so, but when I got into the corporate world and it was really about like, what did you get done? You know, my, 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 uh, I guess my compass, you know, my internal compass of, of those important concepts just kind of got, you know, thrown off. And it was really about me just trying to make sure that I can be successful and succeed and, and start out on the right foot in my career. And, uh, you know, financially, and, you know, we had moved away from my family, uh, from our family homes, uh, our location. So we were on our own. And so there was a lot of that going on. Um, but again, coming back to the story, it was really, it was kind of this diminishing return. And I started to recognize that I, I had to reset and think a lot more about what, what is it that's preventing things from actually being successful, you know? And this is where like some of the earlier days of change management for me started happening because I started recognizing that, Hey, you know, involving people in things, you know, involving those that are, that are affected by change in what the change is and maybe even helping them, you know, uh, facilitate sessions to help them identify solutions for their own areas so that they're invested. You know, I started applying those kinds of concepts and principles. Nobody was telling me to do that. I just felt like I needed to do that because I felt like these projects were just not going as well as they could have, even though I was doing, I felt a, a really good job managing things. I just wasn't really seeing the the personal pride and 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 recognizing that people were happy about the work that I was doing and and what I was what I was putting out there for people people to um, to use, and so change management started to become much more of an essential measure for success for me. Um, but it really wasn't methodical at the, in those days. It was just really kind of intentional, but not really a, a method. So I started really kind of getting more into what that means for, for the method side of things. And I, I, you know, I progressed through my, my career and, you know, I moved up in my career and started getting into, you know, managing and supporting, uh, a, a large global technology company and kind of fast tracking to my, my career, of course, in this story, but what what was essential about it was that we started to realize that there was something more to this work that had to be applied in order to get better performance. And that's when the concept of change management really kind of started to grow in the corporate uh, environment. And I took to it. You know, I, I really felt it was important and I felt that it was a critical component to really taking us to another level of evolution. And, and it really kind of started to dawn on me how important that was 
when I started to have uh, additional situations happen in my life. And so just kind of getting into a little bit of the more personal side of things. It was one of those times in my life where I, I never suspected that I would be dealing with um, a situation that was about my son. And this was, this was uh, years ago now, uh, but he was in a situation where he, his health was disrupted. And it made me kind of shift my thinking about change management to think of it not so much that it was just about what I do in my job and work, but what is it about change that I needed to learn for myself in order to be better at it? And that self-reflection was something that really struck me. It made me realize that change is essential in my entire life and will always be a part of my entire life. And so this particular component was something that started a journey for me that created so many different and unique and special outcomes in my career and awareness and even consciousness that I started to feel as though I was onto something. And so here's my takeaway number one that I'd like you to really kind of think about as we start to progress into this journey of change management together. But everything is change. And one of the aspects of change that's critical to understand and accept is resistance. So everything is change and resistance to change is in everything as well. So by accepting this, I started on this path of really a, a path that I still am on about what it means to accept that I myself am always going to have some degree of resistance to work on and that everything is change in my life. And by doing that, I started to have a perspective that was much more welcoming for new solutions and ideas about what it means to start this path in change management. Okay, take a deep breath here. Um, getting into some uh, more personal side of things that relates to this concept of change management and what it, how it applies to resistance. And uh, so let's get into it. You know, in the last segment, I talked a little bit about a uh, personal situation with my son. Uh, my son's name is is Jason, and uh, love him to death. He's he's a special special uh, kid. I I just can't tell you. He's so kind hearted. And, uh, just, I have a lot of pride, uh, in, in how he, how he is as a human being, uh, probably about it's, it's four, four or five years ago. Now, my son was diagnosed with papillary thyroid cancer and it's, it started out, uh, in a way that, uh, it started out in a way that was really surprising for all of us. He, he um, uh, my wife was out of town and he came up to me and, and said, Hey dad, you know, I, I, I have this, uh, lump on my neck and, um, and I looked at it and I said, okay, uh, let's, let's go in and, and, and get this checked out. And, you know, when, when I saw his face, I, you know, I have this theory, you know, when people are really not well, uh, they kind of know something 
is going on. They kind of know uh, that that something's not right. And when I looked at, at my son uh, that day, when I looked at his eyes, he's he had that look that he just knew something was not right. And so I, I took him in. I, of course, called my, my wife, who unfortunately was, was out of town at the time. But um, so she knew what was going on. So we, we went in. And, uh, you know, he had had a little bit of a cold. So I was thinking, oh, it's just a, a swollen lymph node or something like that. You know, it's not, not a big deal. You know, these things happen. I know when I was a kid, I used to swollen lymph nodes and that's just, I had a skinny neck, you know, it, <laughs> you can kind of see stuff like that, you know, and, and my son did too. So I was like, you know, it's no, probably nothing. So we went in and of course I, we had a, we had an older doctor who's um, quite experienced and he looked at it and examined it. And he said, uh, he looked at me and said, you need to get that checked out. Uh, and we need to make an appointment like tomorrow. And, uh, my heart just dropped and I thought, you know, that, that can't be what I heard. You know, I, I, and I asked him, I, I started going through this change curve again. Of course, you know, we all know that is part of our, our work in change management is the change curve. And I started going into the steps and, uh, I started questioning, you know, and, and asking, you know, so it's not that serious. Right. And, and, and he just looked at me and said, it's best to get it checked. I can't tell, but you know, I, I looked at him and I thought he knows he's seen there's something here and I should be worried. And I was, so I, I tried to stay strong in the situation. And of course, um, I called my, my wife and told her what happened. And, uh, we were both kind of panicking on the inside and Jason, of course, was, was picking up on that energy as well. So I know he wasn't feeling very good on the inside at all. And so we went in and got checked and, and it, um, I'll fast forward a little bit cause we had to wait a while to, to get the diagnosis, but he was diagnosed with like with cancer, with, th with thyroid cancer and, um, it floored us, absolutely floored us. Uh, I, I told my family and it was, it was a situation where everyone was stunned. We, we didn't even know how to, how to act or behave. And, you know, we are, um, we're a, we're a spiritual family. So, um, we, we, we look to prayer and, and supporting each other. And, uh, oh boy, I, I prayed. Um, and I think it's one of those situations where you start to understand that change, uh, isn't something you can always be prepared for. And, um, fast forward a little bit. <clears throat> Uh, he, uh, his thyroid was removed and, uh, about 56 lymph nodes. So the, the, the cancer had spread through the lymph nodes. And I found out that day that, uh, that it was a lot worse than, than I thought it was because it had, uh, in the, in the briefing before the surgery, the doctor had told us the, you know, a little bit more of the severity of, and the preparation that they're, they were taking, how they were taking care of it. And, uh, it had spread, uh, close to his, uh, windpipe and the nerves of his vocal cords. And it had actually gone down, uh, into his chest area, um, under his slightly under his sternum. Um, and so they had six surgeons ready to do the equivalency of a, of a open heart type of, you know, spreading of his ribs to get in there if it was, uh, difficult to remove. And so this was a 10 hour surgery. Um, I, uh, I have to say that there are some true heroes in this world. And, uh, 
that's that's what I that's what I learned that day is that there are some people in this world, those surgeons and the nurses and the staff that that dedicated their attention skills, all they know, there's everything that they had to just make sure he was he was well, and he came through with flying colors. Um, he has since had uh, two more surgeries. Um, uh, to remove additional lymph nodes that have shown up with cancer. And uh, so we've gone through this journey three times now, you know, and each time feels the same way as the first. And what, what, what this taught me though, kind of bringing it back to subject is that change like that is something that I, it made me angry. It may be, um, um, ask the questions of why, you know, why, why, why us, why Jason, why is our family affected by cancer? And most importantly, why my son, you know, and he's such a kind hearted child and, um, just a joy, you know, and I had a lot of anger. I went through the whole curve and every, every surgery I've gone through that whole and curve, I mean, by change curve, you know, um, which, which, you know, starts with <laughs> anger and ends with acceptance, you know, and you can fill in the middle, uh, portions of that. And there's a lot of documented, you know, um, information about that. So if you want to go off and, and take a look at the change curve, I, I highly recommend it because you'll see yourself in it. I'm sure. Um, if you look back on changes that have affected your life, um, but I was in a situation where I was trying to manage my job and I was trying to manage this situation with my family and, um, and trying to be so strong for my son. And I, I was, I was just kind of crumbling. Um, so I, I got into a breaking point in my career where my job was really so extreme. I was working for another, uh, uh, key technology company. Um, and it was really the last, uh, technology company I worked for, uh, uh, you know, before I joined where I'm at now in the healthcare industry. And, uh, but it, the high pressure, high, high stress. Um, and I had to break away from that because I was, I was kind of in a situation where I had to put priority to my family. Um, my son was, was going through some things that needed me. And so I, I had to reflect back on what it meant to get into this work and do this type of work. And I, I, I reflected through my entire career to just say, what do I do now? You know, what do I do now? What, what is it that, what's the common denominator here that can get me back on track and get my life at least stable so that I could support my wife and my son and and everybody. And I, I, I threaded through my, I went through all of my jobs and I thought, you know, the one theme that I've always learned about or was reminded of and enjoyed was managing and helping people, managing change and helping people succeed through really hard stuff. And I, I recognized that that's what I needed to do. I needed to start over. I needed to find a way to, um, to cultivate that into my career, my direction. And so I started to accept these things, 
you know, as my truths. And I started to think about this situation with my son in a different way. I started thinking about all of the things that I've, I learned from, from this ordeal, all the things that I reflected on that I never would have because of this ordeal. And I started to think about all of the folks that deal with this all the time, and yet they can manage through however they can, they try, they manage through. And this is, this was me. I had gone through that myself. And so this acceptance of that was something that was critically important for me. And it was also something that I have to say was the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life to get, th- to get through it, you know, um, you know, I got real comfortable with crying. I got real comfortable with, you know, giving, giving my wife and my son hugs and, and telling them that I love them and that, that I care for them. I got real comfortable with all the things that I maybe took for granted in the past. So what this did is it changed me. It rewired me for this work. It made me start to think about what does it mean to be a good human in this work? What does it mean to actually make a difference in someone's life? What if I was dealing with a a difficult change and working through uh, helping people and somebody that was affected by change was going through what I just went through at the same time? How could I just make it a little bit better? How can I find ways to just be supportive? And so this brings me to takeaway number two, which was a hard one for me to learn. And as you can tell, it's still a hard one for me to, to process sometimes, but hardship can be one of your most powerful teachers. I'll, I'll say this in addition though, hardship can be one of your most powerful teachers when you're ready to accept it. If you're in a state of anger because of the change or some type of denial you just may not be ready to go to realizing the benefits of hardship. So I suggest that you, I suggest this, and this is something I learned through this process is I, I, people going through, or when I was going through it, I didn't want people to tell me that, you know, hardship is a good teacher. Like if they would have said that to me when I was angry, that would have been that would have just been a, a bad situation gone even worse, you know, got, it would have gotten even worse. So just be mindful of where people are in the change curve when you are trying to offer information or suggestions or just help support or guidance or advice, whatever you want to call it. But I wasn't ready for that kind of stuff. It took me a while to get there, but now I am ready. And each time I face hardship, I recognize the value of that hardship as just a difficult, it's a difficult time, but it's a powerful teacher. So hardship can be one of your most powerful teachers. Just, just consider that. All right, let's talk about personal life mission and how I built that into this work for myself. You know, I have a big mission that I've defined for myself that encompasses all this work and and beyond. 
my personal life mission is to raise consciousness that activates the power of our human community. You could probably already tell that this is going to be a unique story uh, behind this one, and, and certainly it is. I'll discuss that through this segment. Uh, but I'll start by saying this. Uh, initially, in my younger years, my personal life mission, as I discussed in previous segment, was, was about achieving professional goals and maybe contributing to family, wealth, and prosperity, and sometimes around being the best at my work. You know, Thinking about it now, just after all this um, discussion and probably through the storytelling, you can probably get the sense that I, I kind of feel that that for myself is is stale and and now kind of unsatisfying. And, and, it, and it was and it is unsatisfying to think about those words. But I do want to pause for a moment because I think some of you right now might be thinking, well, those are reasonable, you know, statements to make uh, and goals and, and, and a mission rather. So so let me be intentional about how I share this story. Those older statements made perfect sense for me. Uh, for that version of Steve many years ago, uh, which illustrated for me that it's relative sometimes, and it's okay to change uh, the personal life mission or personal mission to fit you as you grow in awareness and and consciousness. And so, all right, so I said the word consciousness, and what do I mean by that? I should probably step back for a minute and just talk about what I mean by that. Uh, online consciousness is defined in three ways. It's a, it's a state or a condition of being conscious. Okay, great. Uh, another definition is a sense of one's personal or collective identity, including the attitudes, beliefs, and sensitivities held by or considered characteristic of an individual or group. Okay. Uh, the third definition is a special awareness or sensitivity. So let's go back to my mission uh, just so I can be clear about what this means specifically for the mission that I'm talking about. So the mission is to raise consciousness to activate the power of our human community. Uh, for me, my mission is really about evolving my identity, accepting the beliefs and sensitivities of myself uh, to do the intentional acts that support all people, not just those that I work with. So you, you see the difference in perspective from the earlier version of Steve versus what I've evolved into. Much of which has to do with the previous segment when I talked about my learning from hardship and expanding my, my thinking to being a good human. What does that mean to be a good human? Uh, this new personal mission uh, just feels right. And all the transparency in the podcast and this podcast and the desire for me to help others see their own path through my sharing is, is the whole point of this work. And by making this about humanity, it goes from my professional work to world work, which I believe is needed more now than ever. What's uh, the funny thing about it is, uh, you know, uh, developing this mission was this, you know, I had this notion of maybe I need to go into a cave and meditate and find my true self and, and sort, sort of check out from the mainstream, you know, and, you know, I do meditate twice a day and I I've been doing that for, for decades, but for me, not exiting life, uh, to do this mission, you know, I, I don't think that that's really what it's about. It's actually the opposite of exiting life to do this mission. You know, it's like, that's not the point. It's about applying myself to life and the people that I work with, my family, those that I meet, those that I have any contact with so that my mission becomes the calling, which, and, and what I mean by the calling is it, it's a drumbeat in my life that truly matches the rhythm of my heartbeat, you know? So I started to see 
that my current work, my current actions, like starting this podcast, for instance, became the means to the end. So here's the final takeaway. Number three, in creating life mission, a life mission, start from the end. What, what I did is I accepted my uniqueness, my nature, the behavior across my entire life to identify who this Steve guy was, you know, who he was, who he is and who he will be. And then I did a little imagination, uh, picturing myself all old and kind of crusty, you know, telling this uh, story to this younger person about what I did in life that I was most proud of. And, and this mission is what I, I, I said in that imagination, that imaginary, um, uh, situation, meaning that, you know, this is what would make me the most proud to say that I've accomplished. And so this became much more, uh, real for me about my entire life and not just a period of time in my life. And so the takeaway here of creating a life mission, you know, and starting from the end is really something that all of you can do that all of us can do. And as a result of, of doing this exercise, you find your own uniqueness, you know, you start to, uh, empower what you are as this human being that is in this world, contributing in your own way, in your special way that is different from everyone else. That piece is what I want to ensure that I leave you with in this segment, because all of that uniqueness is what enriches this world. It becomes world work when you think of things at that level. And it also becomes something that seems as though you are always going to evolve yourself and grow no matter what you're doing. And it becomes all encompassing with the plans that you have, with the things that you're doing today, with what you want to do in your whole life. And so I, I really feel like this is something that I, I kind of discovered, you know, through this exercise and the last segment about hardship was really one that kind of opened my eyes about the importance of this, uh, for myself. So I'm hoping that this resonates with you and I appreciate you taking the time to listen in. All right. I just wanted to record a summary here of the takeaways so that you have this at the end of the podcast. But before I get into that, I just want to also thank you for tuning in and listening. Uh, I'd love to have some comments back and some support on that side of it so that I get better every single time. I also want to uh, just kind of cover off the, the hardships uh, segment as well and tell you that my son's doing great. Um, I know that I, I talked about some of the, the darker days and the things that we dealt with. But uh, he's doing fantastic. And in fact, you know, through this whole process, I recognize how strong he is. And uh, that is very inspiring for me, my family, uh, seeing how he's gotten through all of this and, uh, and has done so well. And so I just want to mention that to everyone so that you're not uh, left hanging with where he's at today. So we're all in good spirits and, and very happy with his progress. Uh, you know, for the first takeaway, uh, everything is change and resistance to change is in everything. That was a takeaway that we talked about with uh, the My Awakening segment. And by, in my opinion, 
you know, by accepting this statement, when I, when I accepted this statement, it helped me to be more relaxed and dealing with my, my own resistance, um, helped me to pace myself, uh, to be more supportive and most importantly, more kind to myself as I work through change, uh, which is constant and all the time through life. From the second takeaway, uh, that was from, uh, hardship is my teacher, the second segment hardship can be your most powerful teacher when you're ready to accept it. Uh, so what I mean by that is just be mindful of where you are or others are in the process of accepting change. Some may not be ready to think of hardship as a teacher until they are further along in processing it. And I think that's just a, a good thing to, to remember. I learned that lesson. I, I uh, lived that lesson. The third, is, uh, the third segment was life mission. And life mission, uh, we talked about uh, in creating a life mission, start from the end. Uh, envision and build in what makes you unique through your life. Consider those things that would be uh, really the ultimate outcomes of your life. And, and statements like this should be something that when you share them, it, you just, you just uh, have so much pride uh, and you think about the things that would be so encompassing of a great life that you've led. Uh, and this is something that I've tried to do and I, and I work on, uh, and obviously with my mission statement that you hear in the opener, you know, these are big, uh, bold statements that really stretch me. And I see this podcast as my opportunity to really help, uh, continue to drive towards that mission, uh, through my voice and sharing my experiences, uh, the truths that I've found through my life. And what I'm hopeful of is that you continue to tune in and hear some different stories about various subjects around change management and uh, applying that in the corporate life as well as, uh, just everyday life. And I look forward to the next time that you are with me. Uh, listening to this podcast, and I appreciate everything that you should do. Uh, please feel free to provide me some comments, suggestions, and uh, I'd love to hear from you. And uh, until next time, thank you so much. Mm -hmm.